The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And a wonderful Thursday afternoon to you here on the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we get things rolling. Again, this uh, beautiful summerish Thursday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Thanks so much for joining us as we take the issues of the day that sometimes assault you and me on a regular basis and we wrestle them down to the ground together intelligently, realistically, and respectfully in order to refine our opinions and also to discover new opinions as well. Thank you so much for participating in that. Well, this just in, uh, I don't know, this is maybe an hour or so ago, uh, this from a reporter, Bill Malugin, down in uh, L.A. Apparently, the L.A. County Public Health Director, Barbara Ferrer, has announced that L.A. County will not be imposing another indoor mask mandate at the current time. Huh. <clears throat> I wonder why. Well, according to the L.A. Public Health Director, Barbara Ferrer, It's because recent decreases in COVID-19 case numbers and hospitalizations don't make it really necessary to have an indoor mask mandate. Now, do you think at all that her decision was affected by the fact that cities like Long Beach, California, Pasadena, California, and surprisingly enough, Beverly Hills have all said, you can go ahead and do that, Ms. Ferrer, but we're not going to observe it. You think that had any, any pressure on that? You think that she had any, that had any influence on her decisions whatsoever? I, you know, if, (laughs) if she is committed to that, do it. If you're really committed to it and you think it actually is going to save humanity in L.A. County, do it. I'd love to see you do that. I'd love to see you call for that mask mandate and then to see even more cities push back against you and say, no, no, we're we're tired of this. We're, we're tired of you tanking our economies. We're tired of the draconian regulations. We're tired of the lockdowns. We're just tired of so much govern, uh, governmental interference. I would, wouldn't you love to see that? Now, on the other hand, if I lived in L.A. County, which I did for a long time, I wouldn't be happy about seeing the mask mandate at all. But you understand my, my point there. It, it would be interesting to see if she actually enforced it, actually put out the order, and then watch to see what major city, and there were more than more than just Pasadena and uh, Long Beach and Beverly Hills. I understand there were other cities that jumped on this as well. So there you go. <clears throat> L.A. County, you've uh, dodged the mask, not the bullet, because crime still is infesting your streets, thanks largely to uh, your D.A., George Goscone, but you have dodged the mask, at least for the moment. So there we go. 
If you're going to L.A. for any reason, apparently, at least for the moment, if you'd like, you can leave the mask at home. Well, speaking of traveling, <clears throat> do you have enough money to travel? Do you, are you going on vacations? How, how, are you, how are you doing in this economy? Do you feel good about it? Why would I ask you if you feel good about the economy? Well, apparently, President Biden and his administration are feeling good about it. But Mike, you say, the U.S. economy has shrank in the last three months by 0.9%. In fact, this is the second consecutive quarter where the economy has gone towards the negative side of the ledger. And that's usually been an indicator of recession. Oh, no, no. No, no, no. The Biden administration is assuring us we are not in a recession. No, we are doing well financially. We are doing well as an economy. Couldn't be better. In fact, here's President Joe Biden talking about that. We have a record job market, record unemployment of 3.6%. Businesses are investing in America at record rates. That doesn't sound like a recession to me. That doesn't sound like a recession to him. How do you how do you doing with all of this, especially if if you may be running your own business or you work for a small business? Well, just in general, with uh, inflation the way it is, nine point one percent. Where are we going? So uh, do you agree? Do you agree with uh, President Biden? Things things are good. They're great. Couldn't be better. Well, of course, not all of Washington, D.C. thinks that. Here's, uh, <clears throat> here's uh, Florida Senator, Senator Marco, Marco Rubio. I'll get that out. Florida Senator Marco Rubio. Uh, here, here's his take on the news of a recession. Or, as President Biden would say, or not. Things are rosy. The numbers came out and our economy has shrunk for two quarters in a row. The first half of this year, the American economy shrunk. What's happened is what we knew would happen. We are now in a Biden recession. We are now in a Biden recession, that he says. And really, Marco Rubio traces that back to this American rescue plan. Remember that? How are we doing? Do you feel rescued? Do you feel rescued by the plan that President Biden laid out last year. Here's what Marco Rubio thinks. Back in 2021, right after Joe Biden took over as president, I warned everybody that I would not be voting for his $1.9 trillion spending plan. They called it COVID relief because it was the wrong time to do it. Ah, but we must temper all of that. We must temper it because our Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, has a message for America. Here it is. The United States experienced an historic economic recovery, a rebound that's unmatched in our nation's modern history in its speed and scale. Ah, so do you feel you're part of that rebound that's been unmatched in modern history in terms of speed and scale? Speed not referring to the kind of drug, I I would assume. Uh, But there's Janet Yellow. Did... what? And I'm sorry, I don't, I don't mean to be unkind at all. But when you hear Janet Yellen speak, does it 
instill a sense of confidence in you? Remember Larry Kudlow? I love Larry Kudlow. Larry Kudlow says it as it is. Janet Yellen always sounds to me like she's choosing her words very, very carefully and maybe a little bit nervous about how they're going to be received. I could be totally wrong on that. Larry Kudlow just says it like it is. I like people who say it like it is. That's why I like meeting with you 3 to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday here because you say it like you feel it is as well. So are we in a recession or not? Well, let's, let's take a look at what's going around us, and, and uh, we'll go to the phones in a couple of minutes here as you think about this. Here's Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, or Meta. Did you hear about some <clears throat> little company somewhere that actually had the name Meta before Facebook had it is suing them? I got to look into that. I, I would imagine they're going to come, come away with quite a payday on that because I, I'm going to assume that's going to be settled out of court somehow. But anyway, move, moving on, Mark Zuckerberg, he says the economic downturn is here. What? What? But we just heard Janet Yellen say something different. The United States experienced an historic economic recovery, a rebound that's unmatched in our nation's modern history in its speed and scale. Oh, but Mark Zuckerberg is saying the economic downturn is here, and he's saying, well, we have to do more with less. Wow. Have you ever had to do more with less? I often have to do more with less. At Advancing Vibrant Communities, we've had 20 years of doing more with less. But maybe this is new for Facebook. Anyway, uh, Mr. Zuckerberg made that statement during the company's second quarter earnings call. Meta, as well as several other large technology companies, they're pulling back on hiring due to the economic conditions. So if we look at places like Facebook or Meta, it may give us an indication that perhaps Janet Yellen and and Joe Biden are not giving us the straight scoop. I I know. I know you will you will find that somewhat surprising and shocking. But it, uh, it it's appears to... And, and one more thing here. And this is very interesting to me, too, as you look at national media. I'm, I'm beginning to see cracks in, or, or fissures in, in the solidarity that the national media has always had with the Biden administration coming in. I'm beginning to see little pushbacks, not, not big ones. Here's Axios. Here's their take on uh, where we are. Housing is slumping, with buyers facing a nasty cocktail of higher mortgage rates combined with two years of price increases. This is Axios. Businesses are taking a pause on investment. What? I thought things were speeding along. With spending on structures and equipment falling the most in two years. Hmm. And then personal consumption spending growth, says Axios, is at its lowest since the onset of the pandemic without the prospect of new stimulus. Does it sound like things are rosy to you? Do you think we're not in a recession? How are you feeling today? You're feeling good about the economy? 
or are you worried? 209-551-3483. We'll continue the conversation in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and streamed on the iHeartRadio app. And welcome back this Thursday afternoon to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. How you feeling about the economy right now? A Biden administration saying, nope, nope, no recession. And yet we see uh, a second uh, quarter of negative growth and uh, an inflation rate to the highest in 40 years? Well, what do you think? 209-551-3483. Or does it matter? Does it matter what we call it? (laughs) There's a thought. 209-551-3483. Let's go to the phones in Stanislaus County. And Debbie, Debbie, uh, what are your thoughts about our economic state today? Well... I'm going to try to do this. This is a lot to say in a little bit of time. Number one, we're not in a recession. Number two, if you remember the inauguration, 2020, our president opened the borders of the United States of America. Every border, not a couple, all of them. We ceased to be the United States then, but nobody had the intellect because they used their stupid technology and they don't use their brains. With all the people coming across the border in the last couple of years, how did you think it was going to end up? How did you think it was going to end up when they get everything for nothing and the American citizen has to stand in line for food? Can you think about that? This is not a recession. It's a deliberate way on the way to a depression. And all the American citizens have somebody behind them to take their place because it's a setup. It's been a setup since day one. Now, we've got some choices to make, and we have to be strong enough and believe in our creator. We weren't made the United States of America and sacrificed our sons, our daughters, our husbands, our wives, so our country could end up this way. We've got one choice and only one choice left. We have to stand up to our government. Don't let them ever take away any of our freedoms, liberties, and rights, because if you do... Say goodbye to your children, goodbye to your grandchildren. There will never be a United States of America. Every dirty trick that could be pulled is very sophisticatedly being proved and pulled. And we're not doing anything except sitting back and letting it happen. So what's going to end up happening is what I mentioned, what, a year ago? We're going to have a a war right here in the United States. And as the people, the smart ones that are leaving California, the other ones that are left, me included, there's going to be a civil war in California is where it's going to start. And I may be in the position I'm in, and I can't, I don't own a gun, I've never used one in my life, but I know how to fight, I know how to fight with my mouth. And I'm going to do everything in my power, I've done it all my life, I don't come from the Central Valley, I come from Southern California. I learned a lot being in Southern California. I know how to communicate, and I did plenty of it when I was there. Now, right. that's De- what we've Debbie, done let that. me let me because uh, you've got a lot of things uh, on the table here. So let me uh, uh, let me let me respond to some of those uh, because I I think there's some points worth worth talking about. Uh, you talked about it's not a recession. 
uh, what they're doing is trying to create a depression. Um, I would say I I wouldn't disagree that the Biden administration is doing things intentionally to mess up the economy. Uh, I think in general they're doing a lot of things to deconstruct the United States of America as we know it to build it back in the image that they want, or at least that the people who are pulling their strings want. So I would uh, agree with you in that regard. Uh, not a recession. I don't know that I, I agree with that. I think if, if you adopt the, uh, the definition that one of the flags for that, one of the milestones is we have two quarters in a row of, uh, of bad numbers, uh, slipping the, the GDP, slipping into negative numbers, I would say by definition, if that's a valid definition, we probably are in one. Uh, But I think the overall thing that you brought up is it may lead us to a depression. I I think you're right. And uh, the question is, what are we going to do about it? Uh, You talked about the borders. Let me save that for later. uh, And let's just stick with the economy uh, for a moment. Because I believe, I believe that one of the keys to especially California, but the nation as well. One of the keys in November 2022 and November 2024 to writing the ship, not only economically, but culturally, is invested in the Latino population, and especially these Latinas, these female Latinas who are entering politics who are very bold, they stand up for what they believe in, they're running for office, they're having, they're gaining traction there. And uh, I'm going to share with you, uh, just after uh, the bottom of the hour, a couple of comments that were made uh, by a, a very intelligent woman. She actually has, actually is a uh, uh, immigration attorney, believe it or not. And uh, But she was at the conference that I was at last week, and she had some very, very poignant things to share. Uh, her name is Esther Valdez with an S, Clayton. If you check out uh, Twitter or, or Facebook and you follow anybody, uh, here's someone I might encourage you to follow, Esther Valdez Clayton. And she, she opened, this caught my ear, uh, Debbie, right away. She said, 62 million abortions since Roe's 1973 unconstitutional edict. That means we have about 62 million missing Americans. We also have about 62 million Latinos who have immigrated into the USA. Are they the problem? She says, no, but they are the natural advocates for the problems our nation is facing. Why, she says, because they present themselves to the nation to be laborers and to serve the needs of the nation. Interesting perspective. I'll amplify on that. We'll talk about that a little bit more coming up in five minutes as the Mike Douglas Show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. 
Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And I'm uh, let let me finish this thought with you because I think this is important. Again, this is I heard a, a immigration attorney. Now she is an attorney for legal L E G A L, not illegal immigrants, but legal immigrants. And she she made the point, and I thank Debbie for bringing this whole issue up. She, Debbie's saying it. We're not in a recession. And uh, her feeling is that the Biden administration is intent, intentionally leading, leading us into a, a depression. What, what do you think about that? Well, let me finish the thought with uh, Esther Valdez Clayton that I heard speak last, uh, last week. She says 62 million abortions since Roe's 1973 unconstitutional edict. She says about 62 million missing Americans. We also have about 62 million Latinos who have immigrated to the U.S. And she is saying that a lot of the Latino legal immigrants are natural advocates for some of the problems that we're facing. They present, she says, themselves to a nation. They want to work. They want to serve the needs of the nation. But what's happening at the border, she says, is lawlessness. What, uh, 3.1 million illegal crossings? And so she is saying, what are, what are the solutions here? And I love it when people present a problem and then they present a solution, at least a suggested one. She is saying, one, in, for people of faith, as the United States of America, we need to repent of killing 62, 63 million babies. Secondly, she says there's a, a revival occurring in the Latino community, and she said Latinos are not afraid of Black Lives Matters. Uh, Black Lives Matters. They're not a, afraid of Marxist mobs. They're not afraid of Antifa. She says Latinos understand what gender they are, and they refuse to bow to people who are confused about that. And she says the Latinos are in church on Sundays in large numbers. She says the immigration laws should be enforced, but according to biblical principles that are wise and actually work. What do you think about that? She says Af- African Americans were the largest minority population, now it's Latinos, because of the abortion genocide against the African American community. Interesting. She says she believes that Latinos can help with a solution by presenting, by living out, by being part of wise Judeo-Christian values and tenets. What do you think? All right, we're talking about the recession (laughs) and maybe a depression. Are you depressed about the recession? Do you think there is a recession? What do you think about uh, these comments about Latinos maybe being the answer? Those who are willing to come here legally and go through the process because they're bringing principles that you and I would agree with in terms of working hard and coming to the country and becoming part of the country, not trying to change the country into failed societies south of the border. Interesting thoughts. 
Let's find out what you're thinking. 209-551-3483. Let's go to uh, Oakdale and Ryan. Ryan, your thoughts about the recession. Yes, hello, uh, Douglas, uh, Mr. Douglas. Uh, it's an honor to speak to you. I am a member of the Jewish community, and um, I do I follow the Torah, and I study Tanakh regularly, I speak Hebrew. And I do believe it says in the book of Isaiah that Hashem has the government rest on his shoulders. Mm. And that's in the book of Isaiah. And you're seeing it's much like how during the time of Jeremiah, you saw Israel just totally go away from God and just all hell broke loose because they were studying idolatry. They were studying this wicked uh, teachings that were not in the Torah. And you're seeing what happens to a country where Hashem is removed completely from society. God is removed completely from a daily life. And you're seeing immoral values with our money. You're seeing immoral values in foreign policy and economics. And it just is a spiral that just goes basically to Sheol, hell, and a handbasket. It's just... It, it, it's it's sad to see this happen here in the United States. And I do believe if we are going to continue this route, we have two more years until the presidential election. I don't see, I don't know who's going to win, but it's just, it it's going to take more than one person. And it's just, it's so bad. And I'm also a door dasher. So I see how it is affecting people financially on food and gas and just I talk to people when I'm doing DoorDash too so just talking to people uh, being good uh, hearted to others and seeing what they're what how they're struggling and a lot of people are fasting some families for uh, in my synagogue there's a family of six and they're not they're eating only one meal a day because they cannot afford um, the the rising food costs here in California is I think it's going to get to a point where it's completely unlivable here in California. And that's where if we keep heading that direction, that's what's going to happen in this country. Ryan, uh, excellent, excellent points. Well said, well presented. Thank you for that. And uh, Ryan, I had a conversation earlier today. I was on a podcast with our, our election specialist and political analyst, Josh Whitfield. He has a podcast, and I was guesting on that uh, today. And, and we were talking about where's the hope? Uh, where Where's the positivity? Mm-hmm. Ryan, and what uh, what Josh said, and, and he follows polls, he's very attuned to what's happening politically. That's, that's part of what he does as, as part of his work. And he said, you know, Mike, I think one of the issues that we're seeing right now is people are waking up because it's hitting home. The, the failed policies, the oh, bad yeah. policies are starting to affect our pocketbooks. We're not able to buy meals like we used to. Uh, it's starting to hurt. And his feeling is enough people are hurting at this point that there may be a shift in uh, November coming up and uh, possibly a bigger shift coming up in uh, in November of 2024. I'll give you the last word, uh, Ryan, uh, with a question here. Do you feel hopeful? 
Do you feel that people are waking up and that there will be, and I, you made a great point, an individual cannot do it, but a lot of people who are feeling the pain and come back to uh, the, the, the God principles that have been valid for millennia, I, do, do you think people will come back to that and will see things start to reverse? You know, Mr. Douglas, I see this a lot, and I see people coming to synagogue. I see people coming to uh, friends who are Christians, and I see people looking for hope. They're looking for God. They're looking for something to ease their pain and loneliness and isolation that COVID brought. So there's a lot. There's, there, there is hope. I believe so, and I believe it is found in the roots of the Tanakh, and I believe it's found in the roots of the Bible, and to just trust Hashem, trust God. I believe He's going to get us through the wickedness, because that is the only way that I believe mm. God, God will see us through. I really do believe that. Ryan, thank you so much. I so much appreciate you calling today. Excellent, excellent call. Ryan from Oakdale, beautiful, beautiful presentation there. Love it. And that your call has encouraged encouraged me, Ryan. And uh, I think um, one of the things that we we need to think about is as as Ryan was uh, talking and and referring to uh, some of the uh, what what we would call the Old Testament uh, in, in in terms of Jeremiah and the Babylonian captivity and and the uh, the way Israel had walked away from God, turned against God, and how they suffered for that. Uh, but there's always uh, God provides this uh, ability to repent. And to to recenter and and to reestablish relationship, and that's uh, that's the hope, or I would say even that's the assurance with all of this. And um, there was uh, a quote, uh, Ryan, that uh, uh, one of the uh, uh, speakers uh, that that I heard last week made, and and uh, it's uh, the lady that I was referring to just a, a couple of moments ago. Uh, Esther Valdez Clayton, and she referred to Ruth 1 uh, in the passages 1 to 17. Uh, But anyway, there's a principle there that your people will be my people. And she is saying that in her opinion, being a Latina and being an immigration attorney for legal immigration, that the people she's running across coming uh, over the border who want to do it legally are saying... Are, are willing to make that same commitment. Your people will be my people. We we will come and we will assimilate. And we're not hearing that a lot. But it, but she's saying that she feels that's a dynamic that's uh, that's going to happen. And as Ryan pointed out, this is something that has biblical roots. And uh, we, <laughs> and as Ryan justly and rightly pointed out. The United States of America, the far left, has done its best to eliminate God from our culture. Well, but Mike, is the separation of church and state. Uh, please, I'm not going to spend time on that right now. Maybe we will, but we all know. Don't you? I mean, aren't don't you know 
the root of that, Thomas Jefferson's What is Real Meaning. I'm not going to spend time on that right now, but it had nothing to do with removing the church from America. It had to do with assuring the folks, uh, what was it, Danbury Baptist, assuring them that, no, the government is not going to take over your church. That, that was Thomas Jefferson's point. He was not, and you see what's happened is that, and this one little letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote has now been uh, skewed and nuanced and lied about to make it something it never was. And uh, we unfortunately are, are living with that. Do I believe that there should be a government-enforced religion? Absolutely not. Do I believe that in the United States of America that we need to allow uh, those with Judeo-Christian beliefs to exercise their faiths? Absolutely, that needs to be protected because I don't feel that the United States of America, the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and especially the tenets of the Declaration of Independence can stand without a Judeo-Christian basis. It can't. It can't because all of these precepts uh, are founded upon the fact that our rights are not given to us by the government. Our rights are given to us by God, and it's the job of the government to make sure those rights that God gave us are not taken away. Does that make sense? Do Do you agree with that? Do you think we can survive under Sharia law? Do you feel that we can survive in the United States of America with a humanistic outlook where the truth is squishy, it's like grabbing jello? Well, there is no truth. My truth is my truth, your truth is your truth, which means there is no truth. No, I don't think so. Ryan, thanks so much for calling. You blessed me today with that call. You really did. That was outstanding. All right, we'll be back in three minutes on The Mike Douglas Show. Phone number here, 209-551-3483. What do you think? Are you you hopeful about November 2022 and 2024? Do you think enough people in the United States of America are hurting enough to realize we need to recenter? 209-551-3483. We'll talk about it in three minutes. Here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion. A minister with manners. Now back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Uh, let me provide just a little bit of context. And uh, again, just a little bit uh, because I, I mentioned it. But if you have the chance, whether you are a person of faith or not, uh, it a wonderful story in uh, the, this book that we call Ruth. And uh, I, the, there's a commitment in there by uh, this woman named Ruth. She has the opportunity to stay behind as a, a relative Naomi is, is going to a new land. And uh, in fact, Naomi uh, says to Ruth, look, stay here. Stay here. You just stay. Don't go back to your people. And Ruth 
said to her, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Whenever, wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. Isn't that interesting? Now, why do I bring that up? Why in the world would I even bring that up? Because the point of this presentation last week was that a lot of the folks coming over the border legally, according to this immigration attorney, Esther Valdez Clayton, are willing to act like Ruth did. And say, look, we're we're coming to Americans, we are to America, we are willing to assimilate, we are willing to work hard, we are willing to become you. Your people will be my people, and our people will be your people. And we want to assimilate. Now, that's not that's not what the cartels are thinking. Of course, they've got a whole different, different, uh, different view in mind. And I'm not talking about those who are crossing the border illegally. But the point is, and and Ryan brought this home very, very well. And and Debbie mentioned this too, in terms of getting back to. Biblical truths, whether you're a person of faith or not, the foundations of this country were sent, set upon Judeo-Christian principles. And as we have abandoned them, a lot of common sense has abandoned them. Why? Because God is the author of common sense. And, and the precepts that we have been given biblically are based upon truths from the Creator. And again, our founding fathers made the case that our rights are given to us by the Creator, not by government. And we don't see that kind of attitude from Governor Gavin Newsom, do we? Do we see that attitude from President Joe Biden? Do we see that attitude from uh, Vice President Kamala Harris? Do we see that from Pete Buttigieg? Do we see that from Janet Yellen? Do we see that from the press secretary? Do we? No, we see spin. Spin is not truth. And and so our our ability as a nation, and I'm not saying everyone has to become an Orthodox Jew, or become a, a Christian. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, if we want to survive, we as a nation do need to agree that the Judeo-Christian principles are the ones that work for the United States of America. They enabled us to overcome a lot of bad things that occurred during our genesis, during our evolution, as a nation. And it is because of those principles being present in the minds of, of leaders, of civil rights leaders, who wouldn't let go, who pressed on despite the fact that they were persecuted and prosecuted, they held true to the truths that they knew were right, that were given by the Creator. And they weren't worried about the truths that were being skewed by the government. They were true to what they knew to be absolute truth. 
and we're much of our government in California and in Washington D.C. has has been trying to undo that. And again, I had a conversation earlier today during a guest podcast uh, role I had with Josh Whitfield, and we were talking about this. And he was asking me, do I do, do I think that the media, the mass media, will help people move into a more righteous way of thinking in November 2022 and 2024. And I said, I'm not sure. I think we are so polarized, I'm not sure it will happen in time. Josh had a more optimistic viewpoint, and I appreciated, appreciated that because it got me thinking. And his point was that so many people are hurting. So many people are suffering right now. So many people are tumbling to the fact that especially if they're people of color, they are being used and abused for political purposes. And all the promises that were made are falling short of the goal. And it's not about a party, it's about what's true. And Josh's feeling is that enough people are seeing the light, so to speak, and they're seeing the destructive qualities of the current Democratic Party that they're saying, okay, we need a change. But with that, and I have brought this to your attention many times, the Republican Party better get its act together because we are famous for shooting ourselves in our collective feet and bowing to pressure and money and power. Can't do that. Have to stay strong. November 2022-2024. Coming up, the awesome spot. Heard about that in Modesto? We'll talk to Marlene Champlin about it coming up in five minutes. On the Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk 1360, KFIV. You're going to love this story. The show you love. Talking about the issues that are important to you. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to our number two of the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation. And one of the things I like to converse about are unique and innovative and good things that are happening in the communities around us. And one of those good things that's happening is called the Awesome Spot Playground at Byer Park. That's in Modesto, if you're familiar with where Byer High School is, right in that area. And uh, it's my pleasure to introduce to you someone who knows a lot about it. She's a volunteer and sponsor of the Awesome Spot Playground, uh, a voice uh, very familiar to you, I'm very sure. Marlene Champlin, welcome. Great to have you with us today. Hi, Mike Douglas. It's so good to be on your show with something like this. It was great to listen to you, too, on the run-up. I felt like I was having a moment there with Hillsdale <laughs> College or C.S. Lewis, sir. <laughs> it was great. 
Well, Marlene, uh, it's just an extraordinary thing happening with the awesome spot. Let's start with what is it, what's it about, what makes it awesome? Well, the awesome spot playground, um, you went like all the basics, Mike. I mean, like it's, it's an incredible playground. There is very few like it. There won't be any as large as this one in the state once this is completed. But it is basically a playground that children and adults with all abilities, all various abilities, can all play together. So it's called inclusive play. So that if you're in a wheelchair, if you've got a walker, um, if you have sensory issues or any, there's a place at the awesome spot for you. It's a, it's an incredible, it's an incredible um, project that was uh, inspired by a family here in Modesto. Their last name is Laredo, and their son Tommy Laredo, and they went to. Um, a playground over in Palo Alto uh, called the Magical Bridge. And that was the inspiration uh, back. We've been working on this for almost seven years now. Crazy. Now, I would imagine this aspect of inclusive play, it's not just reserved for uh, special children. It's, not, it's, it's for everyone, but it's a way for people with all abilities to be able to play together. I would imagine a lot of, a lot of thought and, and psychology and logistics and knowledge of what makes the mind tick and, and what causes people to uh, be energized. Uh, th- there has to be a lot of very technical things that go into building this particular playground. I, I'd imagine you you have some, you have a brain trust that's uh, that's behind this to create something uh, of that innovative <laughs> nature. There are, you know, for me, that's been the most incredible thing working on this project is the people that are involved. Uh, one of my um, favorite folks is uh, Chad Kennedy. He's a principal over at Odell Engineering and a giant advocate of inclusive play. Um, he's a landscape engineer, it's his calling, and he's, he's just researched and put, there's over 40 different, I don't want to call it equipment, but it is, on this playground. Um, Toyota's going to have a Tundra on this, like a Toyota Tundra piece of play equipment that is designed to be inclusive. There's a swing set that you can put two people with wheelchairs and people not in wheelchairs. It's, you have to see it. Um, you can actually see it on the awesomespotplayground.com. But, yeah, Chad Kennedy, his team over at Odell, Cat uh, Lewis, who's also been a big part of it, all – there's been a bunch. I mean, Mike, it's been incredible. We meet every other week and in some cases weekly and have for some time going over the various – everything from the sponsor sign so that it lights up and that there's an, something more to it than your average playground. This is, um, it's just, it's an amazing, it's an amazing, it's going to be an amazing park when it's finished. Now, um, my you, understanding is you, you've just broken ground on this, right? Maybe a, a week or two ago. We Right, we did. We broke ground. It's pretty exciting. So uh, 
actually you can see substantive action over there. Um, in the next two weeks, they're going to start doing actually the infrastructure as far as uh, grading and cement and all that work. Uh, we look forward to be open if this time next year, um, which is amazing to me. I mean, I'm, I'm excited because it's been, like I say, we've been working on it for almost seven years. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, you can see this online at the awesomespotplayground.com, and you can actually see uh, animated an animation of all the equipment, what it's going to look like. It's an amazing thing. Yeah, it's some some fast, fantastic re- uh, renderings there. I'm looking at it right now. Again, it's the awesomespotplayground.com. Now, the obvious question is, this probably costs a few shekels. H- how is this funded, Marlene? All by uh, private donations, grants. Um, we are doing this in phases. We uh, started... We went ahead and broke ground because we have enough to do enough raise so far to be able to do a substantial amount of phases. But we really, 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 I'm looking for an angel donor out there, somebody who's got an extra million laying around that they really, really want to do something life-changing. This is going to change our community, Mike. It really is. I don't know that people understand that. Um, You put something like this, in a community, we're not only going to draw from our county and the state of California, but this is a destination point. As um, I've talked to lots of moms and dads, families with children with disabilities, and they drive and go wherever they can to give their child, their children an opportunity like this. Now you mentioned it's, it's, uh, it's Palo Palo Alto really was a a, a model uh, for this. Are, are there any other nearby uh, places like this, or will this be kind of a a central gathering point? There, the, Fresno has a small one. Oakland's got a very small, um, what I call inclusive type place. Nothing, nothing even remotely close to this size or um, level of integration because just this, the, the awesome spot actually addresses many levels of abilities and disabilities and is multi-generational. For example, um, like the slide, one of the slides, you get on it as an adult with your child, mm. which is, so, I mean, easily, like it's not, you know, you don't have to be, you know, 120 pounds and very narrow in the hips to fit it. I mean, anybody, any size gets on and, and with their child and can slide down the slide. What about a 66-year-old radio host who doesn't have a child? Uh, can go to... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Mike, yeah, there's a swing set for you, man. Cool. There's a, uh, there's a slide for you. There's a, oh, there's roller slides. There's a sensory perch. There's um, an, a bridge. There's turtle climb there's there's all kinds of a rainforest ravine for you Mike. wow how does that sound that sounds great yeah, uh, wa- so what kind of uh, reaction what kind of input what kind of excitement are are you uh, receiving from uh, parents or relatives of children with disabilities i would imagine they 
they're probably thrilled at the prospect of this. Absolutely. Um, we've had a lot, we've got a lot of partners already. Society for Disabilities come alongside mm -hmm. Modesto City Schools. Um, we have grants from the city of Modesto from Stanislaus County. Um, it, it's just a lot of money. You know, it's 6.5 million bucks. It's a lot of money. Uh, but, but it, it will, it, it's a life, it's a life changing experience. So if you don't mind me asking, and, and, and that's uh, $6.5 million, that, that's a, a good chunk of change. M may I ask, how far are you towards that goal? How much do you need to get where you need to go? We still comfortably, because not only do we need to raise the money to complete the project and, and finish it, but we need to endow it so mm. that we can maintain, um, um, because... These projects, like the Virginia Corridor, that's the trail that goes down the middle of town, right. the dog park, um, there's, a, there's a level of maintenance that um, rather than rely on your tax dollars in these park partner programs that we have here with the city of Modesto, um, we rely on endowing and donations from the private sector. So comfortably, we'd like $2 million, um, but the reason I brought up the million is there's still naming rights to the park. Somebody could have their name on this, a business or um, an individual who wants to recognize a member of their family or someone. Um, we still have not sold that. <laughs> well, I'm and I'm looking so at the I'm looking at the website right now, uh, Marlene, and there's a, a big uh, yellow button there that says donate i would assume this is a good way for people it's to dead. do that right there it is it is it is it is and thank you I, I so appreciated you mike reaching out to us about this i i really did because like i said we started building and we're confident we'll get it this is our community and all the people out there in your audience are very generous. We know that from past experience. So I, I was really excited that you reached out. So thank you very much for that. We're, it is every child that I've spoken to, and Tommy Laredo is one of them, the family that inspired this from Modesto, he will tell you that he is almost 16 years old now, and he went to the Magical Bridge in Palo Alto when he was um, let's see, this is seven years ago, so he was nine. He was nine years old. He still talks about it. He still gets a light in his eyes and really excited talking about that moment, being able to swing mm. on the swings with his sister for the first time, being able to get on a slide with his dad for the first time, being able to, I mean, he still, and, he, and that really um, keeps me motivated, <laughs> keeps me in the game to work on this. So I know that your audience out there likes the support. I'm hoping that we can, they might know of someone that would really, and, and monthly donations, you know, 20 bucks at a whack. It'd be great. Fabulous. Wonderful. We'd appreciate all of it. Absolutely. Again, we're talking with Marlene Champlin, and we're talking about the ops, awesome spot playground uh, at Byer Park in Modesto. If you're familiar where uh, Byer uh, High School is, they're on uh, Sylvan Avenue. It's a major thoroughfare. I'm looking at the renderings here. Absolutely incredible. And if you have any questions uh, about the awesome spot 
playground or Marlene Champlin is she is a, a volunteer and also one of the sponsors. Give us a call here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment. Three minutes, in fact, here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show, on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We are speaking with Marlene Champlin, and she is a champion of the Awesome Spot Playground. Uh, They have broken ground there at Byer Park in Modesto. Absolutely incredible project here. And uh, Marlene, one of the main players here is Chad Kennedy. And I'm I'm looking at his, uh, at his, it's amazing. He's uh, an architect, a landscape architect, a certified playground safety inspector, and advocate for equal play opportunity. It sounds like he's got everything that's needed to help make this uh, a reality. Let's talk about uh, Chad Marlene and what he brings to this project and, and some of the interesting things that will happen because of his input. Well, he is a marvel. Um, You want to talk about somebody, a a treasure here in our community, the fact that we have Chad here. So it didn't just take the Laredo family, Rachel Laredo, walking into the city of Modesto and saying, why don't we have something like this in what she had experienced with her son Tommy in Palo Alto. But it also took uh, having somebody like Chad in the community at and over at Odell, who happened to be very, very, very involved and very much an advocate already for equal play. And he was, so it was a, a really great, I, I mean, Mike, you know, our belief system is similar in that I don't believe in the coincidences. And I think it's absolutely uh, one of those miraculous God calling things that we need to have. We we're supposed to have this, and then they reached out to me and my uh, partners, the partners at uh, O'Brien's Market, Boyette Petroleum at the time, and they are still Boyette's are still very much involved in this um, to sponsor and and plant half seed money and do those things so to get started. Um, and the city of Modesto puts the property up. But what Chad brings to the table. Is Chad has an intuitive, um, inspired uh, knowledge of what inclusive play looks like and all the different things to consider. For example, it isn't just considering someone who maybe have mobility issues, but with Chad, it's someone who's got sight or hearing or when they're on the spectrum from autism and sensory issues are part of it. He's designed this park truly to address every aspect of that. And that's that's really the cool. I, I, I cannot wait to see this. I can't wait to experience and watch families experience this. It's um it's delightful to me. I, I think, it, it, and, and Chad, uh, well, he did a TED Talk about this uh, several years ago about inclusive play and what it means. And he, he's just, he's incredible. 
Marlene, assuming that uh, the dollars come in that are needed, do you have a prospective date, estimated date, when it, it might be open? Oh, no, no. We, 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 we have enough to finish this. Okay. Um, if, if, like I said, if we, we don't – these kind of projects are interesting, and I don't want to make it sound like we don't. We can't – we could finish it. But um, we don't want to have to make adjustments. We want mm. this to be built out in totality the way that it's been planned. Um, if, we, if we ended up short, that just means there would be – I mean, the way this – there's nothing like this. I dare say in the United States right now. I know for sure in California there's nothing like this right now. There's nothing that is this comprehensive to deal with this level of abilities and disabilities integration. There's nothing in the state of California, nothing else like this. Well, we're so, thrilled that uh, it's that mean- it's planned and <laughs> conceived right here in Stanislaus County. Yeah. Uh, again, when when are we looking yeah. at it being uh, being open to uh, to this the public? Time, this time next year. This awesome. time next year. It's going to take about a year to build. And if you drive over there and you want to know where it is, people drive right there on Sylvan Avenue and think they'll be able to see it. You can't see it from there. You have to come up Sylvan Meadows Drive. And it's actually the street number. We, we had to give it a number finally, right? Because now contractors are coming and all that. So the street number is 1524 Sylvan Meadows Drive. It's on the back side of Buyer Park. You can, uh, and then once you make the corner there, you'll be able to see. And then there's signage that tells you this is the future site. And you'll be able to see that the dirt's been moved and that all of that. The trees have been pulled out. And some of the, you know, some of the, we've had a little bit of commentary about pulling out trees, but know that the shade that's going in is shade, like the big sails and things that we can control where the shade is. All, all so fits into the, uh, to the equation. Can. Again, my friends, the website, theawesomespotplayground.com. I encourage you uh, to be part of the solution here in, term of, in terms of making sure they get the funding they need. Marlene Champlin, thank you so much for bringing this to our attention. Again, it's a it's a treasure right here in Stanislaus County. We're looking forward to it opening, and uh, hopefully we'll be there with you on opening day. Marlene, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Mike. And you know what? Don't forget the recycling we do, too, for this. That raises money for it. So I'll, I'll hit Mike you up Douglas about that. Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. So privileged to have you with us here as we look at the issues of the day that affect uh, you and me right here in California's Central Valley. Again, very proud of the fact right here in Stanislaus County, the awesome spot playground. Really looking forward to that. Marlene Champlin telling us it'll open in about a year. And uh, it's it's a wonderful, innovative idea integrating the ability for uh, kids with all different kinds of abilities to play together with their parents, with their adults. And uh, I noticed on the website, one of the uh, points they make is that they're also sensitive to the fact that you can't or you should not overprotect children with disabilities, that they, they need to have some element of risk because all kids have a normal 
element of risk when they're playing on a playground. Uh, I was just typing to our producer here, thinking of, I jokingly said to Marlene that I'd like to maybe go down the slide there. Last time I went down a slide was with our kids. They were uh, a lot smaller then, but it was a water park. I can't remember where it was. It was out of state, but it was a water park. Believe it or not, coming down that water slide, it was one of those tubes. You know, I actually hit a bump, which caused my head to hit the roof and catch it right where the seam was, where the rivets were. And I came out with this bloody head, and I got sent to the first aid infirmary, infirmary place. It was so embarrassing. You know, here I am, ex-cop, uh, f- fire chief, the, and uh, I'm sent to the infirmary sliding down a slide. But anyway, so I probably won't slide down the slide, but I am looking forward to, uh, uh, to next year and, and seeing that opened. By the way... Remember that Governor Gavin Newsom uh, bought some time on the local Fox stations in Florida to basically tell them how horrible that uh, their governor was and how horrible Florida is. And uh, we we like to invite all of you to California where we're really free. Well, the Western States Petroleum Association, they, they've put down $100,000 to respond to that. They bought time in Florida with an advertisement that really borrows Governor Newsom's strategy. And uh, I, I want to play the spot for you. It, it's an answer to his ad criticizing Florida. Well, the Western States Petroleum Association, they have, uh, they have an ad to say something about Governor Newsom to uh, their friends in Florida. Here it is. Our Governor Gavin Newsom attacks Florida. But here's what he's doing to us in California. We pay $1.65 more for a gallon of gas than you do. Our electricity rates are twice as high as yours. Gavin Newsom is banning gas cars and shutting down California oil production. California can't afford Gavin Newsom's ambition. Can Florida? Wow. Uh, Very interesting. Uh so there's the there's the response by the Western States Petroleum Association. All right, let's go back to the phones 209-551-3483. We've been talking about the foundations of the uh, US Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, that Judeo-Christian heritage, not only in terms of a heritage but the truths, the the foundational underpinnings that are needed to, uh, to make the United States of America work with the rule of law and uh, with the kind of structure that we have in our society. And we've been, uh, we've been talking about how that's being attacked. Well, let's find out what you think about that, 209-551-3483, and let's uh, check in with Jenna from Sonora. Hi, Jenna. Welcome to the show. What are your thoughts? Ah, yes, I got a lot of thoughts, Mike, but I just wanted to educate um, the the listeners about um, a wonderful woman. Her name is Chris Ann Hall. I don't know if you ever heard of her. She lectures about our Constitution, and she was actually blackballed off of YouTube. So I listened to her on Spotify. She, I I listened to a... uh, 
um, one of her Spotify podcasts, and we the people can overthrow the government due to the Constitution. We can do this. But our government tries to scare us by blackballing us, arresting us, taking away our rights. But this gal, Chris Ann Hall, she um, was also in our military, and um, she has a lot of credentials. She stems from Florida, and uh, she considers herself a constitutional attorney. But she, YouTube shut her down because they don't want people to know that we actually have rights. And I actually do believe this day and age that our public schools are dumbing down our children to not learn about this. Because if we learn that we, the people, stand together, we can do this. Sometimes I don't have faith. I pray and I pray and I pray. But listening to her podcast, she is amazing. So if anybody could look up Kristen Hall, she is amazing. But you can only find her on Spotify. You may find old um, um, old stuff on her on, on YouTube. But she's absolutely amazing. Her name is Kristen Hall. Yeah, I'm looking at her website right now if you're interested. And I do not uh, know her. Uh, Jenna, thanks for bringing her to my attention. Uh, I've, again, I've, I've not heard her before. Uh, the website is chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. So uh, before I let you go, Jenna, what, what, give us one thing that you learned from listening to her that you think is really valuable that people can use today. What she had said on one of her podcasts that, our local sheriffs have more jurisdiction, if I'm saying that right. Um, they have more authority over our governor. That's one thing that I did learn from her, and that is in the Constitution. And she quotes from the Constitution. That's just one of the things that I just remember right offhand. And um, if we could just talk to our local sheriffs, see where they stand on all this BS that's going on, um, we just have to look at our, our local sheriffs. But we, what she says is we can, as the people, stand up. But our government just, they, they, they want to scare us to where we don't fight back and they don't educate our children about our Constitution. Well, that, that is... Obvious. Yeah. Jenna, great, yeah. great point. Yeah, we, we are missing. I, 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 we used to have civics, right? At least we did uh, back in the Stone Age when I was in high school. Uh, you had civics and you learned about your government. You learned about how it came to be. You learned the principles of the Constitution. Not sure that's being taught anymore. And if it is, it seems like it's being nuanced and it's being skewed. So I, I think, uh, Jen and I, w- I would agree with you. It's very important that we look at sources that can recenter us. And I think it's up to us as parents, as influencers, as extended family members to make sure that the young people in our lives are exposed to truths. Because a lot of times from what we see in 
many of the public schools around the nation, not all, but many, uh, they are getting a very skewed, a very nuanced version of the history of the United States of America. And they're not, they're not being given the information that they need to be good citizens. And, and being good citizens does not mean that you just salute and fall in line with what the government says. Uh, not at all. So, Jenna, thanks for the call. Appreciate uh, you bringing that resource uh, to us, and uh, we'll, we'll take a look at that. I'm I'm thinking along these lines, and, and Jenna brought brought this to my mind as as I'm thinking through her observations and her questions there, and that is that we we too often don't question, and that's where journalism is falling down today. The whole point of a free press is is to be in an adversarial role with government. Now, I, now I, I said adversarial. I didn't say antagonistic. I said adversarial. There's an important reason for the press to be in an adversarial role, and that is to question. It's not to say you're wrong. It's not to get government, whether they're right or wrong. No. No, the purpose and the, the rationale behind having that freedom of the press is for the press to be what they called or what we call the fourth estate. And as the fourth estate, it's supposed to serve voluntarily as a way for the public to be able to assess what's going on with their government, to question and find out the answers to the questions. But what do we see most of the mainstream media doing today? We see them being the spokespersons for the left. I, and we saw that. And then go back, go back and look at Donald Trump's early days. The minute he came down that elevator, the mass media was out to get him. And so was the Democratic Party. He hadn't even been sworn in. He hadn't won the election yet before they were out to tear him apart. And then once he gets in, we have these incessant, incessant impeachment proceedings. And now we have the the January 6th docudrama going on. And really, it's, it's bringing to my mind that the press in general has failed us. There are some glimmers of hope out there. I see, again, as I've said before, little fissures in the cement that uh, opposes anything uh, about God, that that opposes the Constitution itself, that opposes the Bill of Rights, that opposes the tenets of the Declaration of Independence, that opposes the truth that the Founders said, no, government doesn't give us our rights, the Creator gives us our rights, and it's government's job to protect that. You see, all that has been, uh, they've been trying to erode that. I see glimmers of hope now, and I don't think it's because the press suddenly got religion, so to speak. <laughs> I think it's the fact that the, ref- the the press now is saying, ooh, we have a situation where the emperor has no clothes and we're the ones who are naked. Think about that for a second. I'll be back in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV as the Mike Douglas Show continues. On air and 
online. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Our last caller, uh, Jenna, made a reference to fear. And yes, I agree with that. Uh, there, uh, a lot of what we hear from government right now, especially as it pertains to health issues, as it pertains to the environment, it's all about fear, uh, trying to control us through fear. And that's where we need to question. That's where we need that ability of the press to be in an adversarial relationship. Well, the press isn't doing it, but you and I can which means that we don't have to take what the government says at face value. We can question. We can do it diplomatically and politely, but firmly and boldly. But we must question. Uh, Even when I'm in the pulpit, I let the folks know on a regular basis that I don't expect them to just believe everything I tell them. Question. If you feel I've, I've said something that isn't right, that isn't accurate, let me know. And that's the way it should be. We need to be thinking all the time, critically thinking. And uh, that, that becomes so important. Critical thinking is becoming a lost art. But I have hope. I think there are enough people who are beginning to see the fallacy of not questioning, the fallacy of being a lemming. And uh, they're starting to say, wait a minute, this isn't adding up. So I'm hoping that enough folks do that in time for November 2022, and of course, November 2024 as well. Speaking of fear, speaking of fear, uh, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, she's all about fear when it comes to the recent Supreme Court decision regarding Dobbs and the reversal of Roe v. Wade. Listen to this from the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. The American people are overwhelmingly on our side, outraged by the GOP's anti-woman, anti-American agenda. All right. Do you believe that the Republican Party is anti-America, anti-woman? Do you, do you believe that? Do you, do you really believe that? Do you think, well, I'm, not, I'm going to say, do you think people really believe that? I, yes, there are some because there are people who are lemmings and they just follow and it doesn't matter uh, what is uh, said, if it's on uh, the, the View or if it's on CNN or MSNBC or if it comes from Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi, if it comes from Gavin Newsom, uh, they don't question it at all. They, fight, they get right into lockstep with it. Uh, so Nancy Pelosi, apparently uh, many of us are responsible for being anti, anti-women. And, and such, which we know is not true. Now, here's, here's the big thing. We have to be willing to say, eh, that's not true, instead of being overcome with anger about it. Nancy Pelosi's not going to quit being Nancy Pelosi and abusing her power until she's voted out. Here, here's another comment from the Speaker of the House of the House of Representatives of the United States of America. GOP twisted vision of America. The, the Republicans in Congress are waging a dark crusade of punishment and control. I'm going to play that one more time. Do you think there's anything that she just said that has a germ of truth to it? 
probably talking about health issues and monkeypox and COVID-19. I shouldn't say germ, but uh, any nugget of truth uh, in what Ms. Pelosi just said? DOP, twisted vision of America. The, the Republicans in Congress are waging a dark crusade of punishment and control. And now this is the party of unity, right? This is the party that's going to unify the United States of America. This is the party that's going to bring us together, that's going to create, that's going to build back better. And, and this is the kind of palaver that they're putting out there for us to uh, partake. You see, I, what's your, I don't know how you react to that. I don't react with anger anymore. And I don't react with just, oh, there's Nancy being Nancy either. The way I react is there is another reason to vote her out. And there is another reason to make sure in forums like this on the Mike Douglas show, in forums where you are in conversation with your spheres of influence, whether it's at a social event, maybe you're even at work at the at the water cooler. I don't know. Do they have water coolers anymore at work? Uh, you're at a card game, wherever it might be. Uh, you're at a, a dinner with uh, some friends that uh, may be receptive to listening to what you have to say. I don't believe in telling people what they need to believe, but I do believe that in order to right the ship that is listing over and ready to sink the USS United States of America, that we need to think critically and we need to think critically about announcing truth and identifying lies when we hear them. And one of the ways to do that is to say to people, what part of that do you think is true? Not, that's a bunch of lies. Well, it may be. But if, if someone's with you, listen to that. And here it is again. DOP, twisted vision of America. The, the Republicans in Congress are waging a dark crusade of punishment and control. Uh-huh. So tell me, what part of that do you think is true and why? You see, but when we ask questions... That allows the other person to begin questioning even their own precepts. But when we attack them or we put them down or we tell them that they aren't thinking or we tell them that they're not doing enough, when we criticize the other person, it doesn't motivate them to take positive action. The key to creating change is to have the other person, uh, to, to allow them to have dignity in the conversation, to allow them to be heard, but then to be curious about why they believe what they believe and to ask questions about it. It's a great tactic. It works. And I think there's more of it happening in America than we think. That's why I remain positive. I will also remain here from 3 to 5 p.m. tomorrow as we have What's on Your Mind Friday on The Mike Douglas Show tomorrow on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.